Welcome back to Love God and Your Neighbor. I am Laura Hutchinson, pastor of First Christian Church in Anniston, Alabama, and I'm really glad to welcome you guys back today. I hope you're doing well. We've had uh, <clears throat> quite a week in this country, haven't we? No matter who you are, I think that we can all agree that it has been tumultuous. And I know personally that I've suffered from the stress that it's caused me, and so I imagine that many of you have as well. So today, we're focusing our attention on the Holy Spirit of God and what the Spirit means for us here in the world today, especially for those who have been baptized. I encourage you now, before we get started with the worship service, to go get your elements for worship, to get your juice and your bread um, and a candle and go ahead and light it. Let's welcome in the light of Christ into this beautiful service. You can pause now to go get what you need. And now let us all turn our hearts and minds to that spirit. And may we find peace in our worship today. Let us worship in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. If you would, let's sing together our praise song, Another Year is Dawning, which you can find in your Friday Reminders email. If you don't have that email, if you don't get it, please contact me through the um, podcast app and let me know. Or if you have my email, email me. We can add you to that list so you can have the hymns um, printed out for you to sing along with. Let's sing together now. Another year is dawning, dear Father, let it be in working or in waiting another Oh 
I don't usually include a pastoral prayer in our podcast service uh, like I do in our live service at church. But I feel like today is a day that maybe we need to do a little bit more praying. And so as I read to you the sections of this prayer, I invite you either to pray silently or out loud, naming your concerns at each point. Let us pray. Gracious God, who is with us always, we turn to you today with much on our minds. As we name our concerns and our joys, we ask that in your mercy, you hear our prayers. And so to begin, we lift up now those who are cleaning up the mess of the January 6th riots in D.C. We lift up all Americans who need your comfort or intervention. We lift up the frontline healthcare workers at hospitals, doctor's offices, EMS stations, and so forth. We lift up those who are dealing with the repercussions of the coronavirus. We lift up those who are sick or injured. We lift up those who are dying and those who are in the process of losing a loved one. We lift up all of those who are grieving. We lift up those who are unemployed and looking for work. <clears throat> we lift up those who struggle financially. We lift up the ones in our midst who are lonely. We lift up those dealing with anxiety, depression, and other mental illnesses. We thank you for your answered prayers. We thank you for your many blessings. Lord, in your mercy, hear us now as we pray the prayer your son taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, 
thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Today's scripture comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verses 4 through 11, and from the book of Acts, chapter 19, verses 1 through 7. Mark says this, John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Now in those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. <clears throat> and the book of Acts says this. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul passed through the inland regions and came to Ephesus, where he found some disciples. He said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you became believers? They replied, No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then he said, Into what then were you baptized? They answered, Into John's baptism. Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him, and that is in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Altogether, there were about 12 of them. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me. Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. For many Christians in this world, knowledge and understanding of the Holy Spirit is almost non-existent. In fact, there's often a kind of fear for the entire subject matter, and anyone who does talk about the Spirit is considered suspect, kind of a kook. One of those weird folks who falls down on the ground during church. There are a few denominations that are deeply grounded in the experience 
of the Spirit of God. Pentecostals and holiness traditions, for example. But for many others, the Holy Ghost is the stuff of fanatics, and it is best not talked about at all. This isn't a new dynamic among followers of Christ. Even back in the day of the early church, there were big differences among believers and their leaders. Paul and Apollos were definitely on opposite ends of the Holy Spirit spectrum, for sure. Apollos was a Jewish apostle who traveled all over teaching about people about Jesus. Paul was also Jewish, of course. Apollos was eloquent and effective, and he was able to witness to the event to even the most stubborn Jewish leaders. But he did not know about the Holy Spirit, and when people tried to talk to him about it, he wouldn't listen. He baptized people into John's baptism of repentance, and in that way, he initiated many, many disciples of Christ. Now, while Apollos was in Corinth, Paul passed through the interior regions and came to Ephesus, where he found some disciples. And he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you became believers? They replied, No. We have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then he said, Into what then were you baptized? They said, Into John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling people to believe in the one who was coming after him, and that is Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Altogether, there were about 12 of them. Many of you, or many people, if not all of you, yeah, most of us have been baptized in one form or another. Some of us were sprinkled and some were dunked. We in the disciples' denomination, we baptize believers by immersion. But all of us who were baptized were done so in the name of Jesus. That was when we received the Holy Spirit who became an intrinsic part of our very beings. This spiritual practice of baptism changed our lives in ways that we may never understand. But we miss out on so much if we never try to know this part of God who has become so completely woven into our souls. There is a famous oil field called Yates Pool. During the Depression, this field was a sheep ranch owned by a man named Yates. Mr. Yates wasn't able to make enough on his ranching operation to pay the principal and interest on his mortgage, so he was in danger of losing his ranch. And with little money for clothes and food, his family, like many others, had to live on government subsidy. Day after day, as he grazed his sheep over those rolling West Texas hills, he was no doubt greatly troubled about how he would pay his bills. Then a seismograph crew from an oil company came into the area and told him there might be oil on his land. They asked permission to drill a wildcat well, and he signed a lease contract. At 1,115 feet, they struck a huge oil reserve. The first well came in at 80,000 barrels a day. 
Many subsequent wells were more than twice as large. In fact, 30 years after the discovery, a government test of one of the wells showed it still had the potential flow of 125,000 barrels of oil a day. And Mr. Yates owned it all. The day he purchased the land that he had, he had received oil and mineral rights as well. Yet he had been living on relief. A multi-millionaire living in poverty. Can you imagine? And what was the problem? He didn't know the oil was there even though he owned it. Many Christians live in spiritual poverty and they're entitled to the gifts of the Holy Spirit and his energizing power, but they are not aware of their birthright. They have no idea that such wealth that comes directly from God is right there with them at their fingertips all the time. Many people might say, I love God, I love Jesus. So what is so important about the Holy Spirit? Some might read Acts and see what a great evangelist Apollo was, leading people to Christ every day. And they say, obviously, it didn't matter if he baptized people in the name of Jesus or in the name of redemption like John did. But it does matter. It makes all the difference in the world. And so I encourage you now to remember your baptism because it means everything. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan confessing their sins. Now John proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The difference between baptism with water and baptism with the Holy Spirit is the difference between dipping a piece of plastic in water and dipping in a sponge. Imagine that difference. The difference between baptism with water and baptism with the Holy Spirit is the difference between treating a MRSA bacterial infection with a wet wipe and treating it with intravenous antibiotics. The difference between baptism with water and baptism with the Holy Spirit is the difference between lighting a room with an extinguished candle and lighting it with a Nokiro N182 solar light, the world's brightest LED light bulb, at least at the time when I found that fact. The difference between water and the Holy Spirit is the difference between day and night, life and death, truth and fiction, and on and on. It is everything. The Holy Spirit is our life source, our energy source. The thing that fuels our faith and our ability to connect with God. He makes it possible for us to talk to God and to hear God's voice in our thoughts and prayers. And the Holy Spirit was given to us at the moment of our baptisms. So I tell you again, remember your baptism. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. 
And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven and it said, you are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. The spirit that descended into the world at Christ's baptism is the same one that Jesus left with the world when he ascended into heaven. And it is the same spirit that entered your life at the moment of your baptism as well. It's the thing that ties us to our creator. It's the thing that fuels our faith when the world is falling apart around us. The spirit is the one that tells us what is right and what is wrong. He's the one that we call our instincts. And it is the creative force behind everything that we're able to do. It's the thing that makes it possible for me to write sermons week after week. And it is the thing that allows us to put one foot in front of the other, even when we are too weary to go on. The power of the Holy Spirit is in us. It is around us. It is above us and under us. And the strength and power that God's Spirit has in our lives is strengthened by our desire to draw near to God. While visiting Grand Coulee Dam, Paul Dawson and his family were surprised to see that the visitor center was dark. Well, it was a sunny day, so they thought, well, maybe the windows were tinted, but as they got closer, they realized that there were no lights on in there. They went in and they saw that none of the displays were working, and suddenly it became clear that there was no power to the center. Due to a technical difficulty of some kind, the visitor center that sat only hundreds of feet from a hydroelectric dam had no power. So how could something be so close to the power source and yet not be plugged in? We have to be vigilant in making sure that we're plugged into our power source, the Holy Spirit. It's here, right here, given to us by Jesus when he left this earth, sent to us by God at the moment of our baptisms. So don't forget it. Don't ignore it. Reach out to it and embrace it. And if you haven't been baptized yet, let's talk. If you have, remember your baptism. Your baptism in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The one with us and in us, before us, behind us, behind us always. Amen. Amen.
In the Christian church, Disciples of Christ, we do not believe that the bread and the cup changes in substance during the Eucharistic service. We believe that when we eat the bread, it is simply bread and the juice is simply juice. But we also believe that the Holy Spirit is present in this holy ritual. As we remember the Last Supper, the Spirit is with us. As we eat the bread and remember Christ's broken body, the Spirit is with us. As we drink from the cup and honor the blood that was spilled, the Spirit is with us. As we ask for forgiveness of our sins, the Spirit cleanses us. And as we seek to draw nearer to God, the Spirit fills us. This is a sacred ritual of remembering the time when God gave us, when God gave up his life to save us from eternal separation from him. And this is a sacred ritual made perfect in God's literal presence with us by the blessing of God's Holy Spirit. On the night when the Lord was betrayed, he took the bread, blessed it, and said, This is my body broken for you. Eat it in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, blessed it, and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. As often as you drink it, drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink of this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. Will you pray with me? As we eat this bread and drink of this cup, Lord, help us to be more aware of the presence of your Holy Spirit. Help us to hear you. Help us to feel you. Help us to know you. And help us to be more like you. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Amen. <clears throat> Take and eat. The body of Christ, the bread of heaven. The blood of Christ the cup of salvation. And now let us sing in celebration of all that Christ has done. Let's sing together, Take My Gifts. Take my gifts and let me love you, God who first of all loved me. Gave me light and food and shelter, gave me life and set me free. Now because your love has touched me, I have love to give away. Now the bread of love is rising, loaves of love to multiply. Take the fruit that I have gathered from the tree your spirit sowed. Harvest of your own compassion, juice that makes the wine of God. Spiced with humor, laced with laughter, flavored of the Jesus life. Tang of risk and new adventure. Taste and zest beyond belief. 
Whatever I can offer, gifts that I have yet to find, skills that I am slow to sharpen, talents of the hand and mind, things made beautiful for others in the place where I must be. Take my gifts and let me love you, God who first of all loved me. By partaking in this meal, we remember that Christ was born. Christ died. Christ was raised. Christ will come again. This is the mystery of our faith. Thanks be to God. In the Christian Church Disciples of Christ, we recognize all Christian baptisms, no matter the denomination, no matter the amount of water involved. If you haven't yet been baptized, and you feel the desire to draw ever closer to God through a connection with God's Holy Spirit, let me know or let a minister in your area know. And if you have been baptized, remember your baptism. Remember the time when you became one with the Spirit and honor that union every day of your life. As we go from this service, let us sing together, Go Now in Peace. Go now in peace, go now in peace. May the love of God surround you everywhere, everywhere you may go. Go now in peace, go now in peace. May the love of God surround you everywhere, everywhere you may go. Go now in peace, go now in peace. May the love of God surround you everywhere 